Welcome to the Housing Market Podcast. You know, we've got an exciting episode this week. I thoroughly have uh, enjoyed over the last several months getting to know Jimmy Mackin, the CEO of Curator, and he joins us on the podcast and just shares with you his mind. He shares with us his mind and all that he does. Now, Jimmy's going to do a couple of things. One, he's going to talk about how Curator and how he does what they do, which, oh, by the way, is test and implement great marketing strategies. Two, he's going to talk about what works and how he gets it to work. And third, he's going to show you how to do that in your business. So this is an episode that you're going to want to take notes on. You're going to want to go back and listen to because Jimmy shares so much information about what's working in this market and how you can consistently do things differently to get them to work. So let's hop in. Jimmy, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. I know it's a, it's I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. I listen to the podcast, so to be on is both an honor and excited to share, you know, any wisdom we can with your audience today, David. Well, well, we're excited. I'm excited. You know, I was thinking back, um, you know, at KCM, we're always trying to share information that people are talking about. We share things that you say, uh, you know, from time to time. But for everybody listening, they probably heard your name. Maybe they've seen you on a webinar or seen you speak. Tell us your story. Like, how'd you get into the business and, and get started? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this before the call, actually, ironically. I've, I've been in real estate. I've been in the real estate industry since 2007. Okay. So I started a, I started a technology company. If you want to call it a company, it was just two people. Uh, so company <laughs> company might be generous. Uh, with my partner, Andrew, we, ca- we created a company called NH Dine. And the idea was to put restaurants online, you know, get their menus online. This is 2006, okay. 2007. And so we went to the bank to get some funding to help us support, you know, kind of the development of this and uh, try to raise a thousand dollars. The bank said, no, you know, we're not going to give you any money. It's, you know, we're not going to support this, okay. which, is, which is very prudent of the bank in retrospect, because <laughs> they would have lost that money. Uh, so to, to fund the startup, I got a job actually at a mortgage company. I worked mm. at Aegis Home Lending. And I was the youngest employee in his, in the sort of history of the company. So fairly large organization, probably about 1,500, 2,000 employees. And I, I became a loan officer. Uh, okay. You know, so at the time- And it was, was my, like in 07, 08? That, that was probably, geez, probably 06, 07, right? Like, okay, right, gotcha. Yeah, so, so t- the timing, David, was- <laughs> All right. What was, for, it, I was on the tail end of the subprime kind of uh, bah, yeah. boom and bust. And it was an incredible experience for me being in being a getting a job in sales and b kind of getting exposure to the both the financial part of real estate, but obviously kind of the consumer phase of uh, consumer part of real estate. And you know, I'll give them credit; the company was a good company to train their employees really well. Uh, and so I just had this incredible experience, just kind of getting my feet wet uh, in this okay. space. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a a wild ride working for a subprime mortgage company in 2006. I can imagine. I can imagine. How long did you stay in the mortgage business? I was only I was only in there for a relatively short amount of time. I, I joined uh, Countrywide Home Loans because okay. I because I moved to Florida shortly there on after. Uh, but my passion was always in 
building companies. So I only ever joined the mortgage company to fund whatever startup I was working on. So I worked okay. during the day as and the mortgages and then I work at night building my next company. Um, and so it was only probably until 2000, maybe nine, I was in the industry. So only gotcha. about two, two and a half years uh, before I went on my journey as an entrepreneur. That's great. I mean, classic entrepreneur story, right? I'm going to, I'm going to work during the day to fund my passion at night. Yes. Um, yep. That's great. So when, when did you start? So, so you own this entrepreneurial journey, I'm sure did some things, but when did you start Curator? What year? Oh, it was now, we just celebrated our, I think 11th, in, well, this year will be 11th anniversary. So it's been about 11 years since we started the company. Uh, wow. And, and the funny story about Curator's history is that when we started Curator now, uh, one of the things that we did was we had this idea to organize all of the conversations that were happening within real estate. You know, you go to fa you know, Facebook groups today, David, as you know, are still a, you know, a, 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 we have sub tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of agents connected online through Facebook groups. So we had this idea pre-curator that what if we could organize all of the conversations happening across all these different groups, give agents the ability to search them, to find conversations, give agents the ability to sort of like bookmark and save. And, and we were going to basically kind of have an ad model. So companies like yours could like say, Hey, I want right. to advertise on this platform. And so we, we, we built this product and within, uh, three, it took us about three months, uh, shout out to my friend, Seth Price of her placer, who did some of the original design work there. The day that we launched the product, Facebook announced something called graph search, which at the time they didn't have, which basically gave people the ability to do exactly what we just spent three months building. Right. And so it pretty much killed the business on day one. But what we always planned to do was to have some kind of consulting arm uh, for the for the business. So we just, you know, they had the the, the, the best word in, in Silicon Valley, David, we just pivoted, right? Like, yeah, you're right. Like, like we just pivoted not on, not on year one, on like day two uh, into yeah. what what is largely curator today. It's interesting. I, I, we had a friend, Bill and I, uh, you know, you know, Bill Hardy, the, yeah. the uh, owner of KCM. Um, we, we had a friend that they did the same thing. They built a product and literally within 30 days, Google came out and they're like, guess what? We do this for free, you know, and um, that, 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 uh, that, that journey and that story is, uh, I know is one to go through that you're like, all right, we're going to do something different. We're going to pivot. So fast forward to today. Yep. How would you want somebody in the market to describe what Curator does? Well, that's a great, great question. Uh, I think above all else, I, I want us to be known for the quality of our work. I think right now marketing is, the, the term marketing gets thrown around a lot in real estate. Sure. And, and what I tend to see when people talk about marketing, I tend to see sort of this attraction towards programmatic advertising. And what I mean by that is taking listings and displaying them online, you know, based on someone's behavior in hopes of getting them over to a real estate search website and then forcing that consumer to like fill out a form they don't want to fill out. And then your whole sales team now is sort of berating them until they convert into a customer or die. And right. I think that largely describes the real estate marketing landscape. Uh, and we've lost sort of our soul and we've lost the creativity and we've lost the, the quality bar uh, that I think we a Curator really try to pioneer and champion, which is we think very deeply about the consumer. What's the messaging? What's the narrative? What's the, what's the angle that's going to get that customer say, oh, 
that client, that agent is different than everybody else. And so if I were to, if I were to hope how people would describe curator, I think they would, they would point to the quality of the marketing and the, and the effectiveness of it. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, we are about getting results. We are about helping our clients get more listings. Uh, and so, you know, having a great marketing campaign that everyone's like, wow, that's amazing, but doesn't turn into revenue for your business, you know, is, is only half the battle. So you, so for me, the quality really matters because quality over time is a strategy. Uh, ultimately, it's got to get them customers, but it's got to get them customers, David, the right way. I mean, you can get customers the wrong way. You can churn and burn in this industry, and many people do that. But for our clients, what we coach them is we have this very basic philosophy. Attract, don't chase. Attract yep. people to your business, don't chase them. And I know that for the work you guys do at KCM, you know, we are so philosophically aligned on this idea of like, providing education is one of the best ways to attract customers to your business. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, you know, fundamentally, that's what we believe. You know, I always tell people, Jimmy, and you'll have to come. I, I've invited you. I want you to come see our office here in Richmond, Virginia. But when you come in, there's a wall that says, we believe every family should feel confident when buying and selling a home. And that's what drives what we do in, in that education aspect to say, yeah. hey, if we can help people feel like they understand what's happening. Yeah be educated, they can make the best decision. I don't have to convince them to do something they don't want to do or chase them or rush or whatever it is uh -huh. to do that. So when I think, the reason I ask that question, because when I think uh, of you uh, and the work that you do, I think of this, Jimmy and his team understand what's working right now. You know, I want you to talk about that because uh, just a sneak peek for everybody, and I'm not going to go into it. Jimmy and I were, were on a call uh, over the holiday working on a, a program with Tom that's going to re release here this year, Tom Ferry, uh, you know, in his coaching world uh, yeah. to help people really, really implement some things that are, that are working. But how do you – what is the process that you go through? Yeah to where you can come out and say, this works. Because I've seen you do it, but I haven't seen that process. Yeah, the secret sauce, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, so tell us, I wanna know, I want everybody to know. <laughs> well, the, 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 the first thing, if you, wanna, if you wanna improve your output, you improve your inputs. And so what I consume and what I read and who I follow and, and the brands I try to emulate, very few of them are within the real estate industry. And so, you know, I, I, I'm like uh, my guy, Steve Harney, who I'm, I'm, I'm like the biggest Steve Harney fanboy. I follow him on Twitter, just watch him argue with people all day long. <laughs> like Twitter is my, one of my go-to sources to find really creative marketers, copywriters, designers, video editors, uh, thought leaders in this space as a means of trying to understand, okay, I'm trying my, my finger on the pulse. What are the great brands doing? And what I generally try to do is I generally try to study brands that don't have, and this is important, I generally study brands that don't have sales teams hmm. because sales can masquerade bad marketing. I mean, yeah. if you, a great salesperson who's persistent, who's willing to get on the phone, dial for dollars, can overcome bad marketing. But if you, in the absence of having a sales team, then your marketing has got to do your selling for you. So I look predominantly towards what they refer to as direct-to-consumer brands to see what's the messaging they're putting out there, what's the funnels they're building, what are the ad campaigns they're running. And th those are sort of the raw ingredients that go into the kind of creative strategy that I develop. From there, 
and, and, and again, if you want to be in, like, this is one of the things, if you get stuck, one of the best ways to get inspired is to do research. Anytime yeah. I'm stuck, I'm like, let me just start researching things. Let me start pulling on some threads. And then instantly, kind of ideas start to materialize in my brain. The give, second me a, thing, give me a brand you love to follow before you go there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Give me a, give me a brand you love to follow well, outside it, of our business. Sure. I think one, one, one company that I look to a lot, well, I'll, I'll give you one inside of our business and then outside of our business. Okay. A company called Orchard, which I think you probably know, uh, they have some of the more creative advertising campaigns uh, that I've seen in real estate, both from a, how they visually represent like, you know, some of the angles that we're most familiar with, like the cash offer angle, the home value angle, the buy before you sell angle. They just do, I mean, I'm trying to find out who their director of design is so I can go pe poach them. They just do, <laughs> they just do such a wonderful job. And just, I'll give your, I'll give your audience a quick pro tip here. Both Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, and Google have tools that allow you to search all of the active ads brands are running. Google has something called the Google Ad Transparency Center. So the Google Ad Transparency Center, clearly an engineer came up with that name. You can go to Google and type in orchard.com and you can see every single Google ad they're currently running. It's unbelievable in terms of the visibility insight we now have as, you know, as smaller businesses and smaller brands. You can then also do the same thing with the Facebook ad library. TikTok also has the same thing, but it's not nearly as robust. So you can you can kind of find a brand and then dig into their ad accounts. It's all available to you. On the consumer, on the on the non kind of consumer side, you know, I think of actually a per, I think of a person. A person immediately comes to my mind. There's a marketer by the name of uh, Dara Denny. It's D A R A D E N N E Y. And what she does is she predominantly, she worked for an agency in New York and she studies and breaks down these brands. Uh, and so I'm always discovered like Magic Spoon is a cereal company uh, that, you know, I think you've probably seen that, um, that brand, like they do like low carb, high protein cereal that kind of looks like kid cereal. They right. do, they do amazing advertising. Uh, you know, brands that are like, like who are trying to attract millennials like me, whether, you know, I'll give you an, actually a, a good example, one medical uh, the company got acquired by Amazon. They do a great job. All the, all the like, um, I call like more of the new healthcare tech businesses, like Hims and Keeps. Like these are like you know for everything from ED to hair loss to like uh, all these other like things like are are, there, are kind of what I would call um, you know people don't really want to talk about. They they have to like raise awareness to their audience to attract them. So those brands do a great job. But I would say. Finding this, finding this is a tip actually, David, that I got from Brian Chesky, the founder okay. of Airbnb. Not personally through a podcast. I don't know Brian Chesky. Uh, <laughs> just, just for a disclaimer, uh, I, I listened to Brian Chesky say something, uh, and I can, I never forgot. He goes, "If you want to learn anything, the before you start digging in and researching, you have to find who the source is." Who is the best person to follow? Who is the person that most of the smart people are quoting and the smart people are saying retweeting or posting or sharing or referencing? He goes, spend the time when you're doing that discovery to find really smart people because when you find that person, you're going to be able to accelerate your learning curve like an order of magnitude. So what I would say for, for our audience here is tuning in is look at Dara Denny, look at the brands that she covers, it's going to help you kind of find brands you otherwise would never find who are doing great right. advertising and marketing. 
That's it's fascinating in the um, you know the way you break it down and looking external. So t- talk to me about the last year because really where I want to go with this. Some, some things that you did last year, because I want to turn into this year in just a minute. That's, that's yeah. coming around the corner. But as you take that research and, and information gathering and all the work that you're, you and your team are doing, yeah. what over the last six months has really worked? So I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer that. But before I do, I want to make sure I don't, I don't actually lose a thread here because okay. there's one last step in that process okay. that I, I want to I dive into. Which is, so let's say you have, you're looking for brands externally to get inspired. You've got the, you've got some inspiration there. And then the next thing that I do is I say, what's happening right now? What's the, what is happening at this moment? And this is why, shout out to you guys and what you do in terms of providing consumers info or providing our industry information that's like relevant today is I try to take those two things and bring them together. What I gotcha. mean by that is like, um, let's take as an, an example, um, you know, you guys talk a lot about where, where home prices are going this year. And so a report you guys might put out around, hey, you know, home prices are predicted to go between three and 5% or whatever the number ends up being this year. Well, that's a relatively recent event, some news, right? That's that we want to get in front of consumers. So I'm typically combining some kind of evergreen angle with something that's relevant and timely you know, because I want to reach out with them something that's relevant timely. Those right. are sort of the ingredients that we have in place. And then what we do next, once we have that in place, what we do next is say, okay, we have to test this in a small and simple way. And so whether that's through email marketing or through social media marketing or some type of like some tactic, we have to have get some early signals and early validation. And so once we get out the door and say we do an email, we get a good response rate, good open rate, good click-through rate, good reply rate, as an example. And this is where everyone misses out and it's important, is now you have to do the land and expand strategy, which is to say that you have to say if that thing worked on email, that will likely also work as a social media video, as a as a direct mail piece. It could actually even work as a text script to your to your database, or your prospects. So a good idea can compound across all the different distribution channels in which you can reach a consumer. So you you do research to find great ideas. You take a look at what's happening in the market today. You do some kind of early validation to get some instant results. And then once you right. say, hey, this is working, boom, step on the gas, is, right? Get it is, there a, is there a platform that you like or you recommend for early validation? With, without a doubt, email marketing. Uh, okay. Email marketing to me is one of those things where you can send an email and if you swing and miss, it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, right. No, no harm done. It, and, it, and it's also, there's a level of friction between, let's say, a like or a comment versus a reply. So if I'm getting lots of replies on an email, as an example, and I'll, I'll, you asked the question, what's working right now? If I'm getting lots of replies on an email, I know, man, that thing is going to crush on social. That thing is gonna, yeah. if, I, if I throw up an Instagram poll, that thing is gonna kill. If I, if I put together a direct mail campaign, I mean, and send that to my farm, I'm like, I, I think that's gonna have a, a ridiculously high response rate compared to maybe what I would normally do, which is a standard just list and just sold campaign. Right, like, right. So you're starting, you, you, in my words, you're kind of starting these little fires and trying to figure out which ones to pour gas on and say, hey, that's one we wanna run with. 
It, that, that's that's exactly it. And and I'm, I'm probably it may have been Charlie Munger, may have been Warren Buffett, but someone said like once you figure out when something works, like don't stop doing it. <laughs> and right, right. I think a lot of us in marketing kind of move on move on to what's next. So, so before you go into what's working right yeah. now, give people just a snapshot of something in the rearview mirror, maybe to connect this idea that worked really well in the second half of the year based on what was happening, because we saw a different market yeah. that, that you saw success with. I'll, I'll give you a, a really relevant example. Last year, I think, if I were to use a word to describe last year, besides depressing, yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the, the word I would use would be volatile. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a lot, there was I'm a certain. lot of, right? There's a lot of volatility. And, and so it was volatility emotionally, I mean, there was ups and downs, and I and I and I tweeted this back in. Uh, I tweeted this back in maybe um, I think it was probably early April, maybe maybe early May. I'm like, don't get it twisted. I'm like, like the little bit of momentum we have right now, don't it, don't like don't stop doing the things, the marketing, and the sales, because like this is probably not going to last. And so I was trying to raise the alarm to the industry that like that we have such recency bias that if, if it's going in one direction, it's going to only going to keep going in this direction. Right, right. And so last year was a year defined by volatility. Uh, and I think all of us are hoping the, that the opposite is true for, for 24. Sure. And so a campaign that worked really well last year was leaning into that volatility. So I had this script that we used, which is as interest rates were rising or interest rates were falling, which was felt like it was happening like, I don't know, like on a weekly basis. Pick, pick, pick the, the week or the month. Right, exactly. Right? Throw, throw a dart at the dartboard. I would say, um, this could be a text, it could be an email. I'd say, should I contact you if rates fall to and insert the number? Now, the beginning of the year was like sixes. <laughs> then it became sevens. Then it became like below eight, right? But this, should I contact you if rates fall below X? And this yeah. is what we kind of refer to as like a qualifying question to determine whether or not this person is at the very top of the funnel, where they're just at the early part of the ex exploration, or if they're more middle or bottom of the funnel, where they're just waiting for the situation in the market to adjust for them to make right. a move. That campaign was such a great way, such a simple way to say, hey, interest rates are moving really quickly. How can we use that volatility to maybe have, uh, you know, get people to raise their hand so we can better assist them and serve them in the process of, uh, of buying or selling a house. Right. On, on the flip side there, David, the, you can also go from a listing attraction angle, which is at what rate, because you and I both know, like lock-in is and was very much an issue. Sure. And so we would ask the question, at what interest rate are you a seller? Right. And we would say 7.5%, 6.5%, 5.5%, or I'm never selling. And all of a sudden, that again, all we're doing from a marketing perspective is we're trying to start conversations because conversations lead to appointments and appointments lead to customers. Yeah, I think the, Jimmy, I, I appreciate you breaking that down from just the, the last 12 months and what everybody's experienced. You know, because as we think about that, and certainly we, we at KCM are always going to champion being the educator. That, yeah. that is what we, we are for. But we get into times in our business right, right there where people think there's nothing I can do, right? If I'm in a, in a rising or volatile interest rate environment, there's nothing yeah. I can do. But the example that you've given is an example 
of what I would say in the, you know, to use like a sailing analogy, it's, it's tacking, it's sailing into the wind. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. And listen, if 2023 was defined, it would be wind in our face. Right. And, yes. and I'll say 2024, I don't know that we're going to see a strong gust behind us, but I don't think we're going to have that heavy wind in our face. Now, I'll tell you something that's interesting too. Just as you, um, you know, are doing what you do, we re- we released as we're recording this podcast uh, five days ago. We released or, or uh, did a video at KCM about the number of buyers that stopped their search in 2023 due to mortgage rates. Three quarters of buyers said we're out due to mortgage rates. Now, here's what I know going forward. That will change in 2024. So the question is, were you a buyer at at that point that did that? And a lot of people come back and are like, we don't need any more buyers. We need sellers. Well, oh, by the way, guess what? Yeah. Majority of buyers also are sellers that frees up inventory and that that you know increases velocity in the market. You remind me of a campaign that we've been coaching our clients on that we coached them on last year and we're going to continue to coach our clients on this year. And it, it's a great observation is that we know that they're like you can call it sort of the attachment rate of, of listings. So if you have a buyer lead, if you have 10 buyer leads, how many listings are going to be attached to those buyer leads? Maybe in your market, depending on the market, it might be two. It might be as high as four or five, depending on, you know, every market is different across North America. So the, the challenge is if you get into the psychology of the seller and think about, okay, imagine this person, because we can't convince someone who doesn't want to sell their house to sell their house. What we sure. can do is guide right. someone who wants to sell their house to make a, an informed decision. So if you get into the psychology of the seller, what did it, what are they thinking when they when they open up their brow you know their browser or they pull up social media about the real estate market they they see things like the real estate market is crashing and right. inventory levels have never been lower and and you know the we're headed towards a recession and if they go on YouTube they'll see the you know techno NFT blockchain bros going around with a you know iPhone talking about how the market's going to fall forty percent in Austin you know this is what they're consuming so in their mind they they. Like an indecision is the easiest decision. So like, well, I'm just going to sit and kind of see what happens. Right. But, but if you look and you actually dig into this for a second, when I ask agents, I say, hey, have you ever done a, did you do a, a, a sell and buy this year, right? Uh, where you help someone sell their house and then buy a new house. And like, you know, most successful agents, like, yeah, we did, we did a ton of those deals. And I asked them and the following question is, I said, David, how long did it take that customer to find their next home after they sold their their current home. And most people will say, Jimmy, we found a house within two months. I said, okay. So just so I'm clear, the person who, who in this low inventory market where there's there's no homes available and interest rates are you know 8%, that person sold their house with you and within 60 days, they had a new house. Well, in the absence of information, the consumer is telling themselves a story. And what the story is that the consumer is telling themselves is that if they sell their house, they are never going to find another home. And so what I was trying to coach my clients on last year, and I'll continue to do so this year, is that instead of the just sold campaign, sold above ask, sold in seven days, which fuels the sort of anxiety that like those sellers have, why don't you say stories like, we help this person sell, and within 45 days, we help them buy a new home. Right, And right. if this is you, we can help you too. And, and that's think, sort of the, the case study approach, right? Like, hey, this is the family percent. that we helped. Achieve that goal. And so, so yeah. if you don't control the narrative, somebody else will. 
And right now, agents are helping consumers buy and sell real estate or sell and buy real estate every single day in America. And unfortunately, those stories kind of as, and again, going back to the quality of marketing and, and helping your marketing reach consumers the right way, if we, if we think more deeply about the consumer and say, the reason why people aren't selling, the people who want to sell that aren't selling isn't because they don't think they're going to be able to sell their house quickly or get a lot of money. It's because it doesn't actually solve their entire problem because they have another part of it, which is they have to buy. So the more we can communicate that we've done it before, and oh, by the way, someone's just like you, it gives them the confidence level to at least have the conversation, David. Right. No, it's that's so important. And I appreciate the way you've taken the time to break it down, like in, in understanding, because there, there's so many things that in our business we do because we do them. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. this is what we do. And you're like, well, hey, what if we did this? You know, mm-hmm. we did something That's different. It's the old Charlie Munger, so, invert always, right? Most real estate agents know what's happening. Good agents understand what's happening. But great agents, they can explain what's happening. At Keeping Current Matters, we help real estate agents become experts. With market insights and marketing tools, you'll not only stand out, you'll thrive in any market. Keeping Current Matters, be the expert. We're here at the beginning of 2024. Yeah. Let's talk about this year. Last year, I like your word volatility. We see at KCM as we look forward a better year. Let me be very clear. Like we'll sell more homes this year. We see a, you know, an, a mortgage rate environment where you know mortgage rates are coming down. Homes will appreciate. Like yeah. you know, it's also like you said in the marketer's mind. You know, I, I think sometimes in our business, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this. Like, you know, if if things are heading in a particular direction, like they're they're great, you think they're always going to be great. They're they're going down. You think they're always going to be down. You reference that. Um, what's working right now as we go into this year? What are things that you're seeing, and you're like, hey, this is a campaign because I want people to listen and kind of go, okay, that's interesting. How could I apply that in my business? Yeah, I, I've, I've got. I can I could talk about hours about different campaigns right <laughs> I now. You can. Um, you know, I'll I'll tell you right now the first the first thing is is what I see right now is I'm I'm seeing a little bit of a resistance in our industry to what I would refer to as sort of uh, buying online leads as as a channel, and I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper on this. Okay. Right now, most eight real estate agents, as they begin to build their businesses, begin to scale their businesses, they decide, well, I got to support these larger teams. So I'm going to go ahead and buy some internet leads. And they start building all this infrastructure around it, start buying CRMs, getting automation tools in place, hiring ISAs, having weekly stand-up meetings. Have you called your leads today? What's the latest latest status of this? And and they start to allocate an inordinate amount of resources towards what I refer to as strangers, people who... You know, you don't know who you are, don't like you, don't trust you, and you're trying to chase those individuals. And all the while, what happens is we've got this book of business that our entire sort of production has been built on in the last 10 years that we are sort of neglecting. And I was actually just talking to Tom Ferry about this a few hours ago. I'm like, Tom, neglect is not a strategy. And so we chase, we chase sort of these online leads and we, at the expense of, kind of making sure that we're working our current book of business. 
So what I would say is the first thing that I want to do is I want to calibrate, right? I want to say, hey, let's make sure going into 2024 that, yeah, we've got some lead gen strategies. We've got some social media strategies. We've got some advertising strategies, but let's double down on our database. The folks that we probably neglected in 21, maybe a little bit in the first half of 22, they probably heard from us a lot, honestly, in 23 uh, at that right. stage. But those folks, let's, let's make sure that we're starting the year off strong with those folks. I'll give you an example of this. I wrote a campaign uh, that, that is a campaign that I can't believe how successful it is. If I'm being honest, it's a campaign where at, at, in the subject line, it says, uh, uh, how, it says, uh, actually, I'll pull, let me pull it up real quick. Cause I want to make sure right. I, I, I gotta, I gotta make sure I give the exact, the exact subject line here. And I mean, I, okay. I write so many campaigns, David, that I forget sometimes what the subject lines of these campaigns are. Oh, it's how much equity I got it. How much equity did you gain in 2023? Question yep. mark. And so it said in the, in the email, I'm giving the summary here. It says basically, hey, uh, I'm putting aside a few hours this week to do a comprehensive home value report for my clients. This report is more accurate than what you normally would get from an online estimate. And here's the hook. Instead of saying, would you like one or you know, getting them to opt in, I said the line that we used was, can I send one for your home? Can I send you mm. one for your home? And this like little bit of a softer way of like, hey, I, I want to do this. Is it is it okay? Like not not David, do you want this? No, it requires like, nothing of you. Can I do this for you? It, right? I want to I, I want to do this of you. I don't expect anything in return. I just want to do this for you. And that little bit of a, that little bit of a word swap, right? Can I send you one for your home? Uh, that campaign, Tom shared it on social media. It has 150,000 views now. And I'm like, Tom, could you have tagged me in the video, please? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I, I love it. I'll, I'll, I don't need the credit. But the thing is, is that that campaign, that campaign has generated, I mean, probably now 5,000, 7,000 conversations around selling this year that right. otherwise would not have happened. So the first thing I want you to do is like, let's do your annual home equity update with your SOI. And the angle is, hey, let's do a let's let's come together. Let's talk about what how much money you gained. And oh, by the way, and I love this line. And I'll give Tom. This is gonna become Tom Ferry podcast here in a second. I'll give him a shout out because he gave me this line. I love it. He said his financial advisor uses this line. He says, um, if you're talking to David, let's say you're my client. You and I are having a conversation. Uh, I might ask the question, what real estate plans do you have this year that you think I should know about? As if you're having a casual, casual conversation. Oh, by the way, one more thing, David. Just out of curiosity, what real estate plans do you have this year that you think I should know about? Now, that might be selling. It might be in buying an investment property. Maybe making an addition to their house. It may be doing something of a renovation, or, or or maybe like helping their elderly parent. You know, move at it into a, a assisted facility. Like you are now becoming the, a, a person of, of value. You, you can help them with any and all of those things. Yeah. So yeah. I just think like doing an equity update with your SOI is is mission critical right now. And then turn those conversations into either referral conversations or service-based conversations to help drive some initial momentum in the business of this this quarter. No, it's 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 really good. And I like that last question there. What what plan? Say, say it again. What real estate plans do you have that you think I should know about? Yeah, it's just out of curiosity. What real estate plans do you have this year that you, you think know. I should know about? What what? You said something on the front end of this equity campaign. I love the way you broke it down. 
So you said you were surprised by it. What surprised you by that? Do you think it wouldn't be that successful, or what was your what was your surprise? Uh, no, I did not think it was gonna be that successful. I wrote I wrote I wrote it on my iPhone in about three seconds, and I'm like, this is actually pretty good. I'll share this. And what and this is the problem with marketing. It it you know if you bat 300 or 400, you're in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> Baseball, like it, yeah. in marketing, you, you kind of don't really know what's going to really resonate. I mean, I spent hours, weeks on campaigns only to have them completely fall flat and get no response. And then I'll casually, you know, be taking the kids to school, come up with this idea and write it in my, you know, my iPhone notes. And all of a sudden it just catches fire. And what, what I've learned about it is in marketing, it, like it's, oh, it's normal and you should expect 70 to 80% of the things you do to fail, which is why from a positioning perspective, we have to have a massive bias for action. We cannot be these starving artists that are sitting in the lab, you know, worrying about every single word in that. Like we got to get in motion here because until it's actually live in the wild, we really don't know how consumers are going to respond to it. So I think from my perspective, the reason why I didn't know it was going to work so well, because it felt too simple. I'm like, this is yeah. like, it felt too, it, it, and also the effort I put into it wasn't equal to the impact it had. So then there's always, there's always that kind of component. It's, it's the equivalent, David, is like when a real estate agent makes like $2,000 on a deal that took them four months that the contract fell for, you know, four or five times. Right, and they right. turn around and make, you know, $125,000 on a deal that closed in a weekend. There's a little bit of guilt in that, right? Like <laughs> right. You know, a little, not enough, but like a little bit of guilt in that. <laughs> And they're looking for more. So yes, that's know, it. More of those deals. No, I hear you. It's 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 interesting perspective. I think the, you know, the idea of what is happening in the world or in our business. How can I then leverage that idea, test it, mm -hmm. and then if it's running, run with it. Right? You know, you know how, how do I pour gas in that fire? So let's stay on the equity conversation. So you send this message. Can I send you? Um, uh, you know, how much your home's grown in equity. Yep. What do you then, how is the sort of next step path on that? Are you like, I'm going to Facebook, I'm going to Instagram, I'm going to LinkedIn. What's your path there? This this is a cheat code where I'm about to share with your audience right now. So let's say, let's say you're, you're my client and let's say, David, you bought your house in, let's say 2015. Let's say you're in one of the markets that wasn't a sort of like maybe not Austin, maybe it's been a market where it's, you know, it's climbing pretty steadily at this stage. Well, in the last three years, you have likely gained, I don't know, 30 to 50% equity on your property. So you bought it in 2015, it's probably up 150%, but in the last three years, probably going between 30 to 50% uh, uh, of equity in your property. So that is what I refer to as a marketable moment something that's actually surprising. Because even if I were to say last year, let's say last year, after I did my CMA for you, last year, let's say you picked up $35,000 in equity. So while everyone's saying the real estate market's crashing, one of my clients actually gained $35,000 in equity just in the last 12 months. What I would then do is I would go to social media, I'd go to Instagram specifically, and I'd create an Instagram story, and I'd also create an Instagram reel where I'd say, I just did a CMA. I would not explain what a CMA is. I just did a CMA for my client and they get in, and they were shocked to learn they gained $35,000 in equity. Do you want one for your home? Yes, absolutely. What 
is a CMA? Those are the, sort of the three options I have. And that's so like a poll you pop in after that's that? That's a poll, exactly. Okay. So I tell the story. I probably would even take a, take a picture of the CMA, right? I'd hide the address. I'd hide the, the contact information because I'm not going to give away their personal information. Take a picture, go to social media. I just did this. My client gained $35,000 in equity in the last 12 months. Do you want one for your home? Or more accurately, can I send one, can I send one for your home? Yes, absolutely. What's a CMA? And, and that what I'm doing is I'm taking this conversation I'm having with my SOI and I'm now amplifying it through my social media brand. And as people are saying, yes, absolutely. What's a CMA? I'm now sliding into the DMs and having conversations and kind of growing my, my audience, growing my connections in a very organic way. Now, the conversation, David, I'm going to have with someone who, who opted in to that, who said, yes, I'd love to learn more is going to be a conversation that's 10 times more efficient than buying an internet lead that I've got to right. chase. And right. so what I want agents to do, especially agents who are watching right now, um, it doesn't have to be your listing. Like you can say, I was just talking to my colleague who we were reviewing one of their clients. Like if you're a newer agent as an example, so you can, you can spin off that. But I would say, so like, I'm a huge fan of the strategy of interesting information with an offer. I'll take a poll on Instagram that slides into a DM, which is a conversation, which can lead to an appointment, which can lead to a customer. I've got so many customers, David, who are doing 80% of their business in the DMs of Instagram. That's and crazy. These are not 30-year-old agents. These are 60, 65-year-old agents who are just <laughs> in, like, I mean, like, you would not have believed this a few years ago. I mean, sure. like, it bypasses all the friction. You get right to the conversation, and then that leads to, obviously, the Well, don't, don't you think part of that, too, is the mix of how people are gathering information and educating themselves is changing. Is it? Right? Traditionally, you might go somewhere and pursue that. A yep. lot of the way that people are casually educating themselves is scrolling through social media, or, oh, I didn't know that, or whatever. I, I, I heard, you know, we're in an election year. Yeah. That in this election year, podcasters will have more influence than mainstream traditional media sources. Yes. Right? And, and I think that bode, that that trend bodes well for us. Yeah. Right? We, we can change the way that people gather and consume information and education sure. in our business, right? And convert it into this pathing, like you just mentioned, yeah, uh, via social media. Well, there's um, the founder of Wired, and I'm going to forget his last name. His first name's Chris, and someone will help me in the show now. So we we link to this. He said this maybe five or seven years ago. He said we went we we went from the age of information, which is obviously the advent of the internet, into the age of recommendations. And so everything that we consume online likely has some algorithm behind it designed to basically serve our every need. Whether we log on to Netflix and it tells us what movies we should watch, we're like on Amazon and should I buy that grocery again or buy that product again, or I go on social media, Twitter, Instagram, the information that's being presented to us, the products, the services, the content is all based on some sort of fundamental algorithm that's saying, hey, we wanna make this as personalized as humanly possible. So the consumer, the consumer has gotten very spoiled. I mean, they don't wanna work. And so the idea of even searching for things feels a little bit archaic. Yeah. And so what I think we have to recognize is that as the consumer behavior evolves, so does our strategy. 
So what I would be doing is, I'll give you another example, going back to your original question of what's working right now. I've got a client, Brad McCollum, uh, who's with Real Broker, does amazing work up there. He's a guy who has been just absolutely killing it with video. He built his entire business on video. And so I've been trying to convince him to get into email marketing. And he's got a wonderful, uh, wonderful team uh, that, that's been uh, actually executing this. But I said, the thing that we need to do, and I got to give a shout out to my guy, Sharon, who has been a huge advocate, Sharon, uh, the president of Real, huge advocate of the strategy, which is a deal of the week strategy, okay. which is, think about this as, David, everybody has access to Zillow, Redfin, Homes, right? Rails.com. Everyone who's in market looking for homes probably has subscribed to some type of listing alert. So everyone has access to everything, but everything is not what consumers are looking for. They're looking for you, all right, the professional, to recommend what they should be looking at. We live in the age of recommendation. So what the deal of the week is doing, the deal of the week is basically saying, we are going to do the heavy lifting of clicking and filtering and sorting and finding homes that are actually good deals. And we're gonna spoon feed that to you in an email campaign to say, hey, I've done all this research. I found a great property based on the comps, based on the area. This thing is probably not gonna last more than seven days. Would you like me to get you all the details? And we're, David, we're delivering that to the consumer. We're not, the consumer is not going to contact us and say, hey, David, do you have any good deals? <laughs> right, right. right. Like, I don't go to Amazon and search for like, show me good products. They just appear. So I think right. from, a, from a, like, again, wrapping our head around this idea of like consumer behavior can inform how we think about marketing and how we think about acquiring customers. It's so good. It's so good, Jimmy. I, I appreciate you breaking that down that way. And, and just the idea of like getting in front of people with what they want, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like, this is what people are looking for. Get in front of them uh, with it. As we wrap up here, if somebody wants to leverage this, what they what you do in their business, how do they do it? How do they get in touch with Curator? Give some folks some, some, some information there that, that may say, hey, this is what I need right now. Yeah, the, fir the first thing, and I'll give you a little bit of a pro tip here too for everyone who listens to this. Uh, the best place to stay connected to me personally is on Instagram. I'm at Chippy Mackin on Instagram. Uh, very easy to find. And what I've actually done, David, is I, I created what they refer to as a, uh, an IG broadcast channel. And this is actually something that I, I, I would coach you to do as well. And you could do an IG broadcast, broadcast channel to deliver real estate news that's hyper-local to your area. But if you go to my IG profile on your iPhone, you can subscribe to my, my IG broadcast channel. I've got about 2,000 members in that channel right now, just launched okay. a few months ago. And so what's so powerful about it is as a, as a business owner, I can send basically a DM to 2000 people at once. Not wow. not not like an a, a post which can reach, you know, x or y people. I can basically send I can slide into their DMs. I can send a DM to 2000 people. Now, it's like the old Peter Parker line with great power comes great responsibility. I never spam them. I never, I never put any self-promotional stuff. All I do is share really effective marketing and sales ideas. So mm -hmm. for everyone who's tuning in right now, when you go to my IG channel and you subscribe to my broadcast channel, you'll not only see the things I drop there weekly, like some of the things David and I are talking about, I've got a whole archive of probably 15, 20 
ideas that we have we have tested and validated that work. So I think that's probably the best place for people to stay connected to me, do David. Perfect. Well, go follow Jimmy on Instagram. The ideas that you're bringing forward are making a difference in people's businesses and ultimately in their lives. You know what I mean? And and, and impacting buyers and sellers and families and, and everybody that's out there transacting real estate. So know that we are grateful for you and for all that you do. And and listen, I mean, you take some of the stuff that, that we do and say, hey, here's how we get it out there. Here's how we engage in a conversation in, um, in this market, no matter what, right? In a rising interest rate environment or, or, or depending on what's going on. So know that we're eternally grateful. I've enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. It's, uh, it's fun to hear just how your mind works. And I know people uh, have enjoyed it as well. So thank you. Thank you, David. I'll see you on the road, my friend. Sounds good. That was awesome. Jimmy is in the real estate business. I feel like he's a national treasure, right? We should do whatever we can to protect Jimmy Mackin and his brilliance, his team's brilliance, uh, because they are making a difference. They are starting conversations. And you heard Jimmy break it down. They are starting conversations in markets like last year where it was incredibly hard to start a conversation, taking relevant information, education, what we do here at KCM, and then following that and delivering messages through email, through social, and starting those conversations. So, you know, if you like this episode, do me a favor and share it. Do us a favor at KCM. Get this information out there because we want more people to be educated on what's working in this market so that they can, like I always say, help families feel confident when they're buying or selling a home. So if you like this episode, uh, like it. Subscribe to it and share it with somebody that you know that could benefit from it. We'll see you back on next week.